HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Worldwide Soba, a Japanese noodle production company. This week on Meet and 3, we get ready for Super Tuesday by looking at how food shapes elections both at home and abroad. People know that you don't order a Philly cheesesteak with Swiss cheese as John Kerry did back in the 2004 cycle. A young group of friends decided that they would put up a website which told voters which polling booths had sausages. Prime Minister David Cameron was pictured about a week after this incident eating a hot dog in a bun with a knife and fork because he was so afraid. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to The Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. I was recently in Florida at the Naples Winter Wine Festival, benefiting the Naples Children and Education Foundation. I had an opportunity to sit down with two legendary Burgundy producers, Laurent Ponceau and Erwin Favoli. Enjoy. Welcome to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey on the Heritage Radio Network. We are at the Naples Winter Wine Festival, benefiting the Naples Children and Education Foundation. Our guest is Laurent Ponceau. Uh, welcome to the Grape Nation, Laurent. Thank you. Very excited to have you here. Um, you're, I've drank a lot of your wines, which is always nice. And I followed you, and there are a lot of interesting things going on, and I want to talk to them about you. Um, so let's focus on the present and the future, mm -hmm. which is an exciting time for you. Um, you left the family winery. I did. Two, yeah. three years ago, three years I think ago. 2017. Domaine Ponce, after how many years? 36. 36 years to start your own winery. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> kind of an interesting story. And the winery is called Laurent Ponceau. Yep. And you're doing something very fun and rewarding. You're with your son, Clement. 
right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me a brief evolution or a history. We talked about three years ago you left, so I said let's talk about the present and the future. Yep. What? Why did you want to do this, and you know how did it come about? Well, first of all, I left the the, the family estate by. Personal reason. I have personal reasons that I don't want to develop now. But the thing is that when I uh, was free to do what I wanted, I had two options: retire. I was 63 years old. Not ready. It's not my thing. So I, I'm going to die minimum <laughs> at 102. So I have to, some time to live. So I decided to restart with my children. Actually, actually, my three children are not involved, but two of them are just in the. In, in shareholders, but one, my elder son, is uh, joining me to, to restart. And I decided to, uh, from a vintner, for a vigneron, I would say, to become a négociant, but négociant haute couture. It means... Uh, so you're now not just a vine grower, you're not just a winemaker, you are something you haven't been, and that's a négociant, right? Yes. So explain, so everybody knows yeah, what a négociant... For sure. I think we have to break the codes. You know, everything is stuck in, in the mud uh, for... Especially in Burgundy. Especially in, the, in Burgundy, you know, and, and I wanted to uh, think that the future is now. You were speaking of present and future. My present was the three last years to grow, to restart, to establish something. And now, this is why I'm here as well, because I can also help uh, the charity with some wines. I had no wines. To, to, you know, my eldest, oldest. Uh, so vintage. the question: Why are you here? You want to be here because it's a good cause, but it's you a, also have the wines. Yeah, I mean, I have you have wine. to show up here with I, wine. I just show, yeah. show off myself. Right. But well, we, you probably we, could, but no, it's not. You it, need to no, bring wine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, uh, and being a négociant haute couture has a big meaning. Burgundy, as you know, has twelve hundred different appellations. Each appellation is shared between a lot of owners. So each one, let's, let's take an example, Corton Charlemagne. You have 52 hectares and you have, I don't know how many, maybe, maybe uh, 70 owners. Wow. Each one is doing his own wine. What I wanted to do is to blend the provenance, the grapes uh, coming from every part of the Corton Charlemagne. Which from Pernod Vergelet. Which you couldn't do when no. you were you can, your own. Even if you own some place in the Corton Charlemagne, you cannot do that because you have the village of Ladois Serigny, Alos Corton, and Pernan Vergeles. This is the only place in Burgundy that uh, is facing east, south, and west. So if you have just one part of the ground, you make one type of Corton Charlemagne. Right. I wanted to make a universal Corton Charlemagne. So being a négociant haute couture allow you to purchase grapes or most from a lot of winemakers. Actually, I have six providers for the Corton Charlemagne, and I pretend that I produce the only universal Corton Charlemagne. I don't say the best. I don't say it's good or whatever. But it's coming from everywhere. So this is what it's a negociant It's a different wine. Do. It's a different wine. It's you know, a, it's a, a negociant wine. It's a, but it's negociant a, wine has a, a, a stigma. A, a, yes, stigma. And I want to put the negociant, the name negociant, as a, as a, a noble name. Because if Burgundy is well known for centuries, it's only due to negociant. Because the estate bottling in Burgundy started in the mid-70s. Not before, before the Second World War, ten right. familial estates were est doing the, the bottling themselves. Only ten out of three thousand five hundred. So let's go back to what the negociant made uh, in the past, and they still do. I mean, many great negociants are doing the same job. I mean, Fevlé, for example, is, right. is a perfect example of a negociant. You cannot say 
they have to separate their two estate and negotiant, but they could blend as well. This is what I say, let's break the codes. I own vineyards, I farm myself, but if I farm, for example, Griot Chambertin, I can buy grapes from my neighbor and blend it. So, so I said we'd stay in the present and the future, yeah. but if you go back, is it a fair observation to say that it could be frustrating to not be able to do that? Like you have a bigger palette or canvas? It's not frustrating uh, because you are doing your work. You, you do the best where, where you are with, with the, the tools you have. Right. Uh, you have to just to go a little further. This is why when I said I was free to do what I wanted, I said, okay, let's do this. Okay, so I could also purchase vineyards and, 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 and do things like this. But I don't want me to be named a, a vigneron anymore. I pretend being a negociant. And when I say haute couture, it's because every single detail in fashion, for example, is important. The, the, the button, the, right. the, the raw material. The, uh, the way you look at a piece of designer yeah. clothing is yeah. the way you're going to view the wine. So you know, for every the wine, detail. it's the same. And the raw material is essential. You know? All right, so I asked you to give me an evolution. So the first thing is you become a negociant, yep. and that gives you the opportunity to go to different areas. Okay, so now what are we doing? You have your own vineyards, I think you said, and yep. you have the opportunity wherever you could find you know, grapes providers, that you want. Yes. So what happens now? You're ready to make wine. No, I didn't. I did make wine. Actually. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not but saying. I, I'm, I'm ready. I am just uh, a week ago, we started to build a, a brand new winery, a big, big winery, because I, am, I have already some. What were you place. doing before that? Well, I have some place, but it's already very narrow and, and too small. So we are building a new winery. Where? Close in? In, in close to Vujo, in Gigi Le Cito, which is uh, down in the plain uh, below, below the main vineyards of Burgundy. That's necessary, right? In it order is. for you to make the wines yeah. that you want to make, you With need precision. to have your facility and, yeah. and control We over have to that. be precise, absolutely precise, right. on, in each phase of the winemaking process right. and aging. So tell me about the properties, first of all. Um, how much wine are you making from well, your I, properties? How much negotiant? Uh, I, would, I would not answer to that. I am Why? a negociant because I purchased the grapes from my other company. It wasn't the right question. You're right. The yeah, way because you I, I don't yeah. want to be anymore, like to make a separate uh, idea for people between my own vineyards and the vineyards I buy the, the, the grapes from. Everything is the same for right. me. See? So, uh, that's the philosophy I, of this that's it. winery. So I have now 26 appellations already. In three years, I work like crazy. I started with six only, and I have 26 today, including 12 Grand Cru. So I think I, I am very proud of this. I am probably one of the, if not the only one, a rare guy in Burgundy to produce 12 Grand Cru out, out of the 33 existing. So uh, it took me a while, but... So trickle that down for me. So let's talk about the wines and how many wines you're making. Um, I mean, there's a big discussion with this because it's your label now. The, the, the look is different. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, all of that. So how many wines are you making? 26 different it is. It is 26? 26 at the moment. Uh, I don't want to grow too much. What I want today is 
go to maybe another two or three uh, if I have opportunities. You see. So acquisition, expansion, you're yeah, pretty yeah, much where you want to be. Your vision is to stay a certain to size. To stay at a certain size where we can control everything. Right. My son, my uh, chef de cave, my cellar master, and myself. We don't want to be too big. Right. See? Uh, it's, again, haute couture. <laughs> right. That, that, but we have sometimes only one barrel. For example, I, I produce a batard Montrachet. I have one barrel per year. But this is a for me, this is a typical batard Montrachet. It's not a, a, right. a, a beverage made from uh, Chardonnay and oak. <laughs> See, this is it. Is it fair to say, I, I mean, in that example, it defies the question I'm asking, but is it fair to say you're trying to make Burgundy or some Burgundies more accessible? I do too, yes, for sure. Uh, I, I just said I have 12 Grand Cru in my portfolio, right, but that. I also started to uh, produce Bourgogne Blanc and Bourgogne Rouge. The, 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 the starting level of Burgundy. And I do a lot of this now because the demand is there. And right. I also uh, produce village wines, which are more uh, accessible. I see, so there's village and then Bourguignon? We, you have the, 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 the Bourgogne, then you have village, yeah, right. you have the Premier Cru, and the top, the Creme de la Creme, you have the Grand Cru. So I produce all, all of, the, of these, uh, these different appellations uh, to have some wine accessible uh, everywhere on the planet. So that gives you the opportunity as a negotiant yeah. to make, and you can make as much as you want depending on... Sure, but the problem is to, to find the good raw material. And I pretend that out of uh, 3,500 winemakers, vine growers in Burgundy, many of them are doing a great job. Can I pretend, how can I pretend I am the only one to produce good grapes? Right people are doing the same or even better so I have to chase these people and I'm make sure a deal you've with had them. relationships and I have, but for sure. they don't have availability or yeah, well, they're contracted some, to someone else believe me uh, some people I was amazed how people were nice to me when I left Domaine Ponceau some people came to me said do you want for example the Bata Morachet someone came to me saying okay I can provide you uh, every year enough moss to make one barrel are you okay you know why they asked you because uh, they would rather have it in your hands than other people. No. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yes. I don't know. But That's in part the meantime, of the it was nice to me. I didn't. Yes. I, I didn't want to make a butter. So that was a good start. Well, good you start. know, the door good knocks. Start. Like, yeah. hey, you want yeah. some of my well, good wine? But it's not always the case. Sometimes it, we, you have to knock on doors. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure. Um, talk to me about the packaging. You wanted to make it a little less traditional. Um, the labeling and all that yeah. is very fun and very interesting. I hate this, the this, word this, tradition. This is radio, so you have to describe yeah, yeah, it, yeah, theater yeah. of the mind. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I mean, again, we are living in the 21st century, so uh, why would we take uh, the Middle Age as an example? See, no, uh, my packaging is now, uh, the labels are, are, are like... Uh, uh, Neon. Uh, Formula One Mercedes, you know, gray, right. uh, flashy, uh, and, but sober in the meantime, see? And there is a little green uh, uh, writing on it, to remember that nature is at the origin of everything. So the green is nature, is the, the color of the tiny leaves of the vines. So I, I, am, I am confident that nature is at the origin of everything. So I want to pay credit to Mother Nature anytime. But my look, my, the look of my cases is, uh, my cases are made in from, from, 
from composite, you know, not anymore wood or whatever. Uh, we have foam in, in the cases, which is the first time in Burgundy people is using foam. In Champagne, they know how to make packaging. In Burgundy, <laughs> I don't know why we are so late. It, so it's more late and clueless than cheap or anything? They no, just it's, didn't... it's not cheaper. No, I know it's not cheaper. <laughs> yeah, right. It's but, not cheap. No, it's, it's... But they just... High they, level. They I didn't guess. come up to the times. No, they, sure, they sure. were, and it's so funny because it's amongst the most valuable wines. You yeah, know, sure. why wouldn't it be in the best packaging? Because it's valuable, I protect the wines as well. Each capsule of the Grand Cru has a chip, and you just put your cell phone on the top of the neck, and you get the proof of authenticity, even if you don't have the app. So that it's fairly unique, and you're doing that. And there's a reason why you're doing that. I mean, there's been a lot of forgery in Burgundy, you know, at the Grand Cru yeah. level and all that. Why do you feel that you want to put a chip on? I mean, what what does that do for you and the consumer? Well, first of all, the, 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 the fact that the, some people made fake wines in the past or still today, I don't know, it, it, I cannot stand it. You know, it's just a question of principle. I don't want people to dirt the spirit of the wine. As I said, Burgundy is very rich in diversity. Why would you uh, produce, uh, just because you need money, a wine which doesn't correspond to what is written on the label? So this I cannot stand. But when I started to protect my wines, it's not, it was not only the, the reason. The reason is that these are expensive wines. When you purchase it, you want to be sure that it is the genuine wine the, coming from the place it was supposed to be coming from. And so uh, technology of today can help for that. Right. It makes it easier it for you. It makes it easy. So, I am in, in the future, what I, when I said future is now, this is not just a talk, it's, it's real. Right. I mean, I, I always was progressive. I was the first to have a, a website in 1989. Wow. Uh, I, I did it myself, you know. Uh, <laughs> you stay up late nights. Yeah, it was nine years before <laughs> Google existed. Right. <laughs> See? Isn't so, that amazing? It and is it's amazing. still in its infancy. Yeah. But that was a very early jump. Yeah, you yeah. know, you had the foresight and patience. To yeah. it. This is why I said, look around what we are doing. Tradition is not a good word. History is a good word. Let's take it the history, everything that was good, and eliminate the mistakes. Our ancestors made mistakes because they didn't have the right, right tool to, to protect the wine against uh, becoming vinegar or whatever. So today we have it. Let's use it. And if it doesn't exist, uh, we I are agree. ready to invent it. And listen, we talked about this before the show. We could do a whole show on it. I mean, Burgundy fell under a uh, forgery scandal. And you were very much, you know, part of that in the best of ways. And like I said, that's a whole separate story. So obviously there's a sensitivity. Um, without getting into it, do we still think there's a lot of forged burgundy out there? Do you think things have quieted down or stopped because of certain individuals or it's still a good business? No, it's, it's, it's a small business. It is. It became, that's encouraging. It became today one person in his kitchen doing something. Literally. You know, Literally, but uh, the guy we talk about, the Rudy Kierner one, didn't do that. He has been trapped because uh, at the end he, he was forced to do that in his kitchen. But before that he had a, a big lab with helpers. How come he made 10 million dollars per, per, per year? So the real story is, if you read the story or look at the movie, you say, oh, the guy was making counterfeit no. and he was a much bigger operation. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Right. How, many How come he makes 10 million dollars per year during 10 years? Right. It, it makes a lot of bottles. It takes one hour to fake a bottle. Ca calculate how many hours he would have worked. He was not alone to, to make it, for sure. How many 
1945 Romani Contis are left. They just kept coming, right? Yeah, you know, sure. it's just a crazy sure, thing. Sure. No, but this this is another part of my life when I was an FBI guy. But, but that, I, you so know, that. I encourage my uh, listeners, um, you know, to, on your own, to look into Laurent Ponceau and his impact on the, you know, Burgundy um, forgery scandal. You know, like I said, that's the whole thing. And that's that's not why I brought you on. Um, as far as all that. But when you brought the chip up, that's a sensitivity and reacting with the technology yeah. to doing the right thing and all of that. Um, you talked about building a winery. When's it going to be ready? Well, I think I will make wine in this winery in 21. So this is 20s, your last year, not making it under your own design. Yeah, but it will be the same kind of wine. I will yeah. be capable to produce yeah, a little more. I think more. you know by now what yeah, you want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said something about the bottle, about the green being nature. Yeah. Um, you have a different perspective on what are very buzzy words now, which are biodynamics and organics. Um, I think we all believe in protecting the environment and you know creating a problem. To you, their labels or what? What's your take on? Well, wine is made on Earth for around eight thousand years. Okay. During, uh, I would say, 100 years ago or even less, 80 years ago, we started to spray with a lot of bad elements. In the past, too. I mean, previously, yeah, they used uh, copper and sulfur uh, to spray on the vineyards, which is natural. But, but well, I, I guess you could say after World War II, yeah, that was a con- exactly. Why, why did people, you know, fall into doing that? Because people came in the wineries selling these bloody powders. And they wanted to make money. You know, I don't say any name, but the company that was producing it's like here's it, an easy fix to your disease or yeah, whatever. Yeah, for sure, because it was working for, nope. the, for the corn, for, for whatever. They say, oh, there is maybe a market with the, 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 the winemaker. So they did it. And That's 30, the, 40 years. It, yeah, it was the Kind 50s. of killing the... Yeah. And so the reaction uh, of human beings when they discover they made a mistake is always excessive, I guess. Right. See, and when uh, I mean excessive is to create a, a name, to, to put a name on a new discovery. You, they discovered na- nature existed. I'm sorry, but nature makes the wine for for, for eight thousand years. So my opinion, and it was the same in my, with my family, we always stayed close to nature. We never used any bad chemicals. And no, I don't want to have a label on my on my head. That was always like your sensibility in your practice. It, it, it was. That's in your mind. That was the way to do it. It was to do. And but, historically, too. Yeah, but done. in the meantime, I am a human being. I am healthy. I have a healthy life. But if I have a, a big problem and the doctor says, "Take this pill. If you don't take it, you're gonna die," I will take the pill. I don't want to know what is in the pill. So you equate that. To I am already. The vineyard. I am ready. If we have another phylloxera coming, some somehow to use all the weapons we can have to save the vineyards. But that's... But I don't need That's today. catastrophic. You know, Veloxer's a big deal. Yeah. So we, we I are, hope you're alluding to that doesn't happen often, if no. not recently, so you're really not taking the pill to get better. You exactly. don't have to... So Ex- that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Right. But, I'm but in, in practicing that, you don't have to no. be Demeter certified or organic. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. What is the most important is the wine which is in the glass when you are drinking it. Whatever the guy made, if the wine is outstanding, it's outstanding. And on top of it, I will, I will not say that um, uh, badly, but 
today the chemicals used by people which are still using chemicals are so soft that when the, the grapes get into the winery, there is nothing left. Because the, the, the industry, the chemical industry, they don't want to kill themselves, you know, to, get to, to commit right. suicide. So all the products that my, my colleagues are using are soft enough that during the harvest, there is nothing left. So this is never said in the meantime. So, okay, if you can avoid using them, better. And it's, it's not easy. But are you saying that by them being soft, they're using them, which isn't necessarily good, but it kind of goes away? Oh, yeah, sure. But sure. it has an effect. So why do it at all? No, because it, they when, have to. They feel it's easy when you have a, right. an attack of oidium, for example, right. to spray immediately with the chemical, but it will stop uh, right. we, the we, pandemic. We, we see? You had mentioned that before, and that's it. But but well, you can do another way, which we do too. You talk about wine in the glass. I'm curious when you started making the Laurent Ponceau wines. Is there any similarity? to your other wines? Is it an opportunity to totally break away? Do you take the best practices? You know, is it, can somebody drink it and say, oh, that's Ponceau? I mean, I know, I, I mean, what, what, what's the opportunity you have well, to how you make the wine? I am the same guy. So I, of course. I, I didn't change but anything. My question is, what no. do you do? The same guy does what now? It does the same. Okay. He, he, he protected Mother Nature, take the best of Mother Nature, do his best. You know, in the process of winemaking, from the roots of the vine to the glass of wine, it's a chain. And we are, are vine growers or winemakers, we are just a part of the chain. Right. Our role is not to break it, and it's a big responsibility. But nothing else. We are not, you know, movie, movie stars or whatever, like some pretend being. We are just there, and we, we have to stay humble. So I am the same guy, humble. I give me all the tools to, 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 to go into that direction, to propose to the final uh, drinker, I don't say customer, but drinker, right. the authenticity of the terroir of Burgundy. If I have one appellation, as I, I mentioned the Cordon Charlemagne, but Griot Chambertin, for example, because this is one of my main uh, wine, this is a Griot Chambertin. It's not, I mean, a beverage made from Pinot Noir and I don't know, and manipulation and things. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it's simple, but I know it has to be said. I know, but I, you know, I think people would be curious, you know, after making wine for so many years and you know making a new wine, you know, what the differentiation is. But you answered that, you know, eloquently. Um, before you came in, we were talking outside, and I want to ask you two quick questions. The first being, why are you at the festival here, the Naples Wine Festival? And then I want you to talk about your coming back to New York. Not back, we're in Florida, but you're going back to New York for an award. So first, why is it important, or why are you here? Well, I came the first time here uh, for the 10th anniversary. And since I came uh, several times already, so when it happened that they asked me to come for the 20th, 20th. I didn't think about it. I said yes, for sure. Because I knew I would have wine. Because with no right. wine, I'm not here right. to support. I mean, the, the, the cause, I mean, the charity, you need to have something to offer to people. Okay, I can offer uh, a day with me and a, a big dinner right. in Burgundy. There's got to be wine somewhere in the, the, in the configuration, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. So this is what I did it because I like this cause. You know, here in Naples, 
uh, we, we are always uh, asked to give bottles for charity, and we cannot do. I mean, we could uh, give all the bottles if we uh, say. But here, I found the first time, and I came the first time already for that. The, it's a real cause, and 100% of the phones are going to real purpose, and this is what I like. And uh, I'm, I'm not home here, but I know a lot of people are, as well. So it's fun to to be nice to people uh, in this in the kind of conditions, you see. Yeah, it is a good cause, and the people that are behind it make sure that virtually all the money goes. Sure. And yesterday we visited a bunch of kids, and you see the money in action, yeah. and it's very um, heartwarming. Then the other thing I wanted to ask you is you're receiving a fairly significant award <laughs> overall in wine, you know, top of the list. What is that? Well, you know, there is a big brotherhood in Burgundy whose name is Confrérie des Chevaliers du Tatvin. So they have 2,600 members in America. In America? Yeah. 12,000 uh, 12, members all over the planet. Around the country. 2,600 in America. So the New And York does America act as their own chapter or organization? Yeah, Even though yeah. it's part of one, they... Yeah, well, okay. we, we, we... I mean, it's controlled by the headquarters yeah, uh, of Burgundy. Regulations, codes, and all that. They are, that. are free to do what they want. And every, every year since a while, the New York chapter is uh, giving an award to someone. And uh, uh, it's, uh, they call it the Tasse de Vendor. So I'm this year uh, the honorary. So I'm very... Uh, first time? First time, but... Yeah, first time. Because what, what you took get them it only so long? Once, once in your life. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still don't know what took them so long. No, no, no. I don't know, but, you know. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I don't know if I worth it, but... Uh, uh, no. I'm come on. You know, we talked about, you know, 36, 40 years doing this, you know, with the utmost of attention to quality and, you know, the environment and all that. It's a well-deserved award, and congratulations for Thank that. Um, I'm always curious when I sit with guys like you, when you're not tasting your wines, what are you drinking? What do you like? Well, I am really open-minded. In my private cellar, 80% of the wines standing there are from other countries. All over the place, All I'm over the planet, including wine from England. Well, they lay Sparkling. down as long as my great-grandchildren great will open it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But yeah. Uh, my so you're inquisitive. Yeah, a lot. And uh, you're not, well, I love wines from Tuscany. You, no, ca you can't box it in. You, everything, no. there are so many great wine My regions, sensibility right? goes more to Barolos, to uh, South Rhone wines. Uh, but those, I, those are burgundy versions of their region. Barola yeah. more than Tuscany, Southern Rhone more than the muscular Northern Rhones, right? It's not maybe the reason, but for example, in America, what I like to drink are Zinfandels. Why not? These are wines that it's, people doesn't know really. The other day we made a horizontal tasting of 15 different Zinfandel from the same maker, same vintage. There were 50 different wines. And I was amazed Same by wine, that. 15 vintages. Yes. Would you say who it is? Uh, Turley. It was Turley. And it was the it was the one vintage, you know, they one make vintage. they no, but they make so many label designates. Yeah. It was the same wine of each vintage. No, it was the same vintage. Same vintage. But 15 different locations. Uh, oh, that's that was, that was my I question. I, I couldn't get the question yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So there was a Pacente and yeah, all exactly. whatever, all yeah. the, but and the same vintage year. It was amazing. Was the variation crazy? Crazy. Like from Not velvety smooth yeah. to a little more higher alcohol exactly, to yeah, yeah. That's a sunny one, uh, more mineral. Uh, and Zinfandel is, for me, the American grape. 
even and, if it came from Italy. Turley is certainly one of the better and more interesting producers. I mean, Paul Draper makes terrific um, sure. Zinfandels. Um, so that that's an interesting take. You're open to drinking everything, and then when you have an opportunity to yeah, drink through. For sure, and you know, I, I ride my motorcycle across your country, the USA, every year. And uh, when do you I, do that? You oh, make yeah, it a I own, you make uh, the time and a trip to do that. I own one Harley here in America that I leave in a friend's garage, and I go from a friend's garage to another friend's garage every year. So and you take weeks off. It yeah, like. this year we made four thousand miles. Jesus, only. Wow, that's great. And, uh, and each time when we stop, we go to the spa and we have a bottle of Zinfandel. That's it. <laughs> yeah. that's it. Sometimes a cigar. When in Rome, <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with a good cigar. Have you done that through Europe? Have you motorcycle? Yeah, no, no, no. It's Bike, easier here. Biking, uh, I mean, motor biking in Europe is uh, too dangerous nowadays. So this will be my last question, and then we have to wrap up. So it's not a bad thing to get on a Harley on a beautiful day, drive across the country, open up a great bottle of Zinfandel, maybe crack a Dominican or a Cuban cigar, <laughs> relax. Go to sleep, repeat. That's, you know, before being a winemaker or a negociant, I'm a human being. And I like uh, the life. I mean, life is short. You Let's have to enjoy it. Let's feel the time you are on this planet the I, best I, you can. Very well said, and we'll end on that. Um, good luck with your wine. Thank Laurent you. Poisson, um, Ponceau. If people want to know more about it, Certainly, they can go to the website, and then let's talk about where or how. Yeah, well, we, we, we worked so hard to establish everything that we forgot to do uh, any communication. So I just started uh, uh, a month ago uh, with an agency to make a lot of things. So the website is uh, not yet finished, but okay. we are working on it. Within a month, I think it will be published. Um, but I guess if you go but there Google is one. Ponceau, yeah, there is when it's one. ready, that'll yeah. pop up. What about a social media presence? Exactly. We are there for... Uh, like on Instagram? Instagram and, and Facebook for a month already. Okay. Uh, What's the Instagram site? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. Uh, it's it, not it, Laurent Ponceau? It's Laurent Ponceau, SAS, I guess. Okay. You know what? If you go to the search bar, it'll bring up the Yeah, current, sure, sure. You know, which is but the my, way to my do it. But my people are doing it, so... Uh, all right, Laurent, Good. I really appreciate you taking time. You know, when you come down here, you're busy doing dinners and tastings, and the auction is about to start. Um, it was very insightful talking about your new winery and sort of a new chapter in your life. Sure. It's very exciting, you know, when you're old guys like us and you get a shot, yeah, well, you know, it re-energizes you. Exactly. So that's you, a you nice feel thing. much younger. Absolutely. <laughs> so I w And being, you know, having your son by your side is a wonderful thing. So good luck with all of that. I want to thank Laurent Ponceau um, from his eponymous wine label. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. This episode has been brought to you by Worldwide Soba, a Japanese noodle production company. Founded by Shuichi Kotani, Worldwide Soba offers noodle consulting services in addition to supplying a variety of tools for wannabe noodle makers. Want to take a class? Worldwide Soba has it. Need a traditional Japanese soba knife? Worldwide Soba has that too. To learn more, visit worldwide-soba.com. 
Welcome to the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Erwin Favoli. How do you pronounce? Erwin Favoli. Okay, I'll never say that. Morning, Sam. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the Grape Nation. Erwin, you are a seventh generation winemaker. That's right. And there's been a general generational change in wine through the years. Mm -hmm. And you took over the family business. It's been a few years. What was that, Fif back in 2004? Uh, 15 years, that's right, exactly. Okay, from your dad, Francois, right? Yeah. Um, give me a quick history of the domain. We okay. don't have to get too far no, into no, the sure. weeds or go too far <laughs> back. But, you so, know, people know the brand. They may not know the history. So that all started in, uh, in 1825. Uh, back then, uh, just to give you an idea, to, to, to give you an idea, in 1825, that was 30 years after the French Revolution. Uh, <laughs> Napoleon passed away uh, four years before. <laughs> and in Nuit Saint-Georges, in Burgundy, my great, 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 great grandfather was a shoemaker. Uh, he was making clogs. And I believe he had this dream or this, this, this idea, this dream to make, to make wine, actually to make great wine. Um, so he began to, uh, to trade, uh, to, to, to do a little bit of trading of wine. Then we, we know that uh, he began to buy grapes, uh, a few investments, a few, a few vats, etc. Uh, turned those grapes into wine. And he was certainly much more gifted to make uh, wine than shoes, because I've never really? seen any—I've never seen any Fevelet shoes. Okay. I've, 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 uh, His I, legacy I, is the wine, not yeah, the shoe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Yeah, and then, um, and, and then, w w I would say his philosophy has was that it's—it's uh, it's very, it's very. If you have the aim to make extraordinary wines it's very it's very complicated even if impossible to rely on someone else to 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 sell your to, to sell his fruits so he began to buy vineyards and seven generations later we are today one of the largest but not only one of the largest but one of the primest uh, uh, landowners in burgundy with 12 grand crus many premier crews right. in top, 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 top vineyards. And, and now this, uh, so today we are still a negotiant, meaning we are, we are still buying uh, roughly 20% of the wines we do are coming from grapes to buy. But the vast majority of the wine we produce are coming from our own Significant holding. That's right. Like you said, compared yeah. to, um, I think you'd be the guy to help our listeners with this. There's no region like Burgundy, mm -hmm. as far as the way it's set up with, you know, appellations and plots of land and all that and families. Just quickly explain to my listeners, you know, uh -huh. why Burgundy, as far as what property you own or where you grow wines, not so much the region. But, and you're in the thick of that because of your size and you're mm -hmm. in a lot of regions. In, in fact, I'm not going into minute details, but Burgundy today is the result of nearly 2,000 years of winemaking. And, and today we are, so as I said, we are the result of, of, of this very, very uh, strong and rich history. And, and over, the, <coughs> over, the, the, over those 2,000 years of history, what have we discovered in Burgundy is that first Burgundy makes great wine, uh, but Burgundy especially was uh, not only made great wines, and that's why Burgundy until the French Revolution belonged only to the king the novelty of the church, but also we realized that 
uh, only two great varietals were were uh, were outperforming uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. So we Burgundy we call it the cradle of uh, of those uh, those two great varietals, and then. Um, all this identification of, uh, of, of the top vineyards of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay uh, uh, over, over this uh, centuries, those centuries and centuries and centuries have came up to, the, to, to, the, to, to what it is today, meaning that today uh, we know what the great vineyards are. Uh, uh, we, we now we call them Grand Cru's. They were classified as Grand Cru's. We know where the very good vineyards are but not to the standards of Grand Cru. Those are called Premier Cru's. And since all those vineyards uh, had been around for centuries and centuries and centuries, and until the French Revolution belonged on only to one property, and then after the French Revolution began to be split up, uh, today Burgundy is very interesting because in the same vineyard, tiny vineyard, we are talking about 10, 20 acres, uh, it's not uncommon to have 10, 15, 20 50 different owners. Right, that's the uniqueness. It's, it's, you know, it's that unique I wanted you to go there. No, there's no other place really right. like that. And and, and 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 you know, when we when we buy or sell vineyards, because that happens quite often, when we, the the unit that we that we talk in Burgundy is called an ouvré, and an ouvré is uh, roughly a tenth of an acre. <laughs> that gives you an idea about how 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 tiny the plots we are working on. And why did it come to that? I mean, you just explained that a piece of property can oh. have multiple owners. Was that through history, families yes. well, breaking it, up? Uh, yes, absolutely. And as, as, as I said, you know, those, those the, the top vineyards have been identified for centuries, and therefore, when those vine when those vineyards were confiscated and then sold uh, after the French Revolution, everybody who was uh, making wine wanted to have a part of what what was the best, and therefore th th those vineyards, uh, a few were never split, like Romani Conti was right. never split. But we, we call that a monopole. A monopole, that's right. right. Uh, but f uh, le le let's take for for, for example uh, uh, Chambertin. Le Chambertin was uh, is is roughly ten hectares, so twenty acres. And today in the Chambertin, you would have. Uh, more than 20 people are having uh, a, 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 a piece because everyone wants to own a piece of this because the wine you make in, Ch in Chambertin is extraordinary. You have to be there. But if, if, if you want to be there, if yeah. you if you really want to be uh, if you really want to have your uh, to, to, if you want to make the greatest wines, unfortunately, it's it's both the beauty but also the, the limit of Burgundy is that no matter how talented you are as a winemaker in Burgundy if you don't have access to the top vineyards you will never be able to make extraordinary wines you are you will be limited by by the by by by, by, by your vineyards right and 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 in Burgundy it, 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 it's I, I mean we are talking about a, a reality because those vineyards have been identified for as I said centuries and centuries and centuries I want to talk about your wines but while we're on the subject I mean do you have a fear? I mean, do you think Burgundy has become too pricey? 
to some extent, you know, unavailable. It falls into collectors, the secondary market, whether it's auction or whatever. Is, Uh, I mean, it's a concern. That, is that good for business? Uh, no, it, it's it's a concern. Of course, it's good for for for, for business. Now, the, the the reality is that if you look at prices uh, at the at the domain, uh, prices have gone up. But the the it's really the market that has multiplied the 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 the, 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 the prices. If you but that's you, a touch point for a lot of people. Yeah. They they don't see it unless it's that's at that the, level. The, 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 the amount of value which is uh, which is which is kept by by distribution is is, is is quite high. But I mean that's that's the way it is, and that's the way uh, that's the way it works. And 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 we, and, we, and we are fine now. Uh, to come back on on your question, uh, it's a concern. But we should not. The, all the, the top top wines, the Grand Cruz and the best Premier Cruz, it's true, or can, can become extremely extremely pricey. Yet we are talking about just three percent of Burgundy. Right. But Burgundy is still is still. Uh, I, I would say ninety percent of Burgundy is composed of village wines and, and regional wines. So let's. And over there, you have some very very strong. Uh, very good you values. You have the property, you have the winemakers, you have Extremely the wineries. Good so let's talk about that. Uh -huh. So then a new generation of wine drinkers that want to drink Burgundy uh -huh. don't have to get caught up in the Premier and the Grand. No. So you alluded to it and expand a little more on it. The place to go is Bourguignon, village level. I mean, talk to me about yep. what those wines are. But the you just said it's 97, 98% of the... You know, exactly. Uh, so... Uh, everybody knows Romani Conti. Everybody knows like do, 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 those names. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, the no Burgundy has been uh, back in back in 1935. Uh, in order to help the consumer to understand the the the, the, the appellations in Burgundy, we came up with this uh, pyramid middle classification, where on top of the pyramid you have the Grand Cruz. You have right. 33 of them. Uh, great, 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 uh, small, tiny vineyards. Uh, those vineyards I was talking about, that everybody wants a piece of it. Uh, but then at the base of the... Then you have the Premier Cruz, you have what right. we call the village. So village or... or, or uh, what we call village, it would be a vineyard that is uh, in a village and good enough to, to, to be able to have the name of the village Uh, attached to the to, to the to, to the climate, and then you have the, the the last level of that pyramid is called Bourgogne, Bourgogne Rouge. So the only thing you know is that the grapes, uh, if you have a bottle in front of you and you read the, the the label, it just states Bourgogne. That means that the grapes are coming from Burgundy. Um, and but all the great makers are making. Bourguignon and a lot of them. a lot. A lot I wouldn't say a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. A for, lot. For, for for example, for us, we are uh, for us the this this entry level uh, this entry level uh, uh, appellation Bourgogne Rouge and Bourgogne Blanc would represent nearly 25% percent of of our of our production. And and here we are talking about wine about wines that. On a, on a restaurant list in New York, right. uh, that uh, in New York or, 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 or in, in a restaurant, on a restaurant list, that that would be the, the price point would be somewhere between f 30 to 
45 uh, dollars. So it, great it, price point. See, it, accessible. It's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a very good price. It's a very good price point, and you'd be surprised how good they can be. Those wines. What about? I, I agree, and I think because people are interested in Burgundy, they either wind up with that or get pointed to it because of availability and cost. Mm. What about ageability with those wines? I know you wouldn't lay them down for 20, 30 years, but no. is there a benefit to get a... Of course. To uh, put it down three, I five, know. six, seven? For, for, uh, yes, of course. The, you always have you always have uh, a uh, you always have a benefit to to lay down your wines. The reality is that when you buy a wine that's twenty twenty dollar twenty dollar for for a bottle, you will pop the cork. The probability you will pop the cork within the few hours right is away. just like yeah. Now uh, so of of course of course it would benefit. Uh, the vast majority, if not all, the people would would, would not do that. Uh, but I would. Um, the 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 better the wine, so the Grand Cru and Premier Cru, yes. Uh, even though we know a fair amount is consumed right away, right. Uh, those wines, uh, you, you 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 would be surprised how those wines can age and how those wines get incredible with age. Burgundy is, you know, Burgundy Bordeaux are just great nope. wines in their next levels we have know, uh, 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 come on you 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 you, you said that uh, uh, we, we talked about that at, at the beginning but uh, I'm the seventh generation to run the domain so we have quite an extensive library at the domain well let's, let's talk about that yeah so we have so you know talking about ageability we have wines from the 20s the 30s the 40s and from from time to times we pop a cork from and from they're all uh, alors, you, you, a you, lot you, of them are you have a, you still have bottle variation because like yeah but if you if you're I wouldn't say if, if you're lucky because you uh, if, if, you, if you're lucky you get if the bottle has been well has been well preserved the cork has been well preserved the, the wine provenance. is extra awesome. it can be can be extraordinary let's talk about the wines and let's talk about you uh -huh. um we talked about how you jumped in there in 2004 and you're pretty much running the place, but there are some changes. You know, I think, you know, in doing some research, 2007, 2012 were important years. Um, my take was that stylistically, yep. you made changes. I think you looked yeah. at what your dad was making and said, I th yep. think I want to make a different wine. Talk to me about that. But in my, my, my father was, um, has always loved wines that, that, that were powerful, uh, quite, uh, quite, quite big, quite tannic. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the typical Burgundy. Alors, not today. Uh, not but today. You know, come on, uh, what, my, my, my father made wine, enfin, run the winery, uh, he started in '75, so so he, 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 he was also you know the trend uh, of the '80s and '90s. Like Napa in the '80s, yeah, and we're exactly. making big wines. Everyone. That's uh, how you did it then. That's right, and and, and in fact, even even though uh, uh, the that was exactly what what he wanted, and especially he wanted also to make wines that 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 that, that would age extremely well. And his his belief, and I think he, he to to some extent he was right, is that uh, you could, uh, if you want to have a wine that ages well, you need to have uh, quite some backbone and therefore quite some some extraction. 
that's not the end all though you could do it otherwise right? that's right yeah okay and then and and then you know when i took over my father in 05 uh, the reality is that that that, that trend was over and people were, and, and especially in burgundy where pinot noir P, pinot, uh, a lot of people re, uh, realize that pinot noir I think its best expression of, of, for Pinot Noir is drinkability, softness, silkiness. And, and that was the direction I wanted to, to take. So for two years, the first two years from 05, and, uh, 05 to 07, every week I would visit a winery, uh, one of my colleagues. I, I, I would not say competitors because we are... You're in it together. We are in it together. And I was quite surprised how welcoming... Uh, uh, the, the, all those winemakers were so I, I visited a lot of wineries tasted a lot of wine talking with them how what in their process they would do both in the winery and in the vineyards what in the process they would do that would uh, ended up in the wine I was tasting because and everyone was not making wines I know you, like you, you're, people were making the wines you're making now then right yeah exactly that's why when yeah. you went to talk to people you would see that type of wine but no no no, 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 enfin, no not that I, I, I visited uh, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of domains uh, identifying the style I liked the style I wanted to I, I, I wanted to, to do and also identifying the style I didn't like and uh, and, and by talking with them, I also identified what we at Fevlet, in our processes, would lead to the wines my father was making, and what therefore I would need to change. So to, that was to, like a two-year research road yeah, trip, exactly tasting, and, right. and it came together. And it came together in 07, uh, because in, in, in 07 we've changed quite quite a few things at the winery. The 07 vintage, yeah. You were able to express the changes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so at the winery, in terms of vinification, I, I, I think I was lucky. Uh, certainly, the, the the luck of beginners, because I, I believe the 07 we've done are, are superb. And enfin, first, I think it was one of the most undervalued, enfin, under uh, underrated. Uh, Not like vintage. an 09 or something. Uh, what what a vintage! You love 07, it. 07, 07 res or alors. It's, it's, it, the, so if the, you see O sevens, alors uh, not everywhere, not right. everywhere. But uh, for example, I, I tasted uh, uh, last uh, last uh, Tuesday, I, five days ago, I tasted a wine, uh, an O seven from Grofier as well. The wine, great, incredible, and therefore, so, and also, so you, you talk about two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve was also uh, for, for for me a milestone. Because uh, changing things at the winery, uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's easy, but it's uh, uh, you just do the, the investment, and overnight it's it's uh, you, you, you you can change your vinification process. When you decide to change things in the vineyards, it takes much more it's much more time to, to, to express. And for me, 2012 was the first vintage where, uh, if I look back, at uh, at some point I I I, I, I would have told myself. I would not have done something different. That's good. Yeah, I I I, I, I think so. And ever since, ever since, uh, ever, ever since, it's it's quite nice because you. Uh, alors, of course, from time to time, uh, for example, in 2015, uh, 2015, a great vintage. Um, I think I, I, I'm I'm not so sure I would have done. Uh, so, uh, I would have done. Uh, um, um, 
whole cluster, whole cluster maceration. I think 15 didn't. didn't uh, so your philosophy on whole cluster and destemming varies by the fruit, the vintage. The It's vintage. not a, a set philosophy. No. You know, not at all. Not at all, and it's and, and what I what I've really learned in '15 also as well is that uh, this technique is very much not only vintage, uh, vintage uh, uh, based on vintage, but also uh, it's very uh, correlated to the terroirs and to villages. For example, Chambol Musigny right. is great. Von Romanet is great. Gervais Chambertin. Is not a place where I would uh, where I, where I would do it. It varies. Yeah, you have to react to. Um, it's a good segue, and it's a tough question. But you're almost unique in size. I mean, how many different wines are you making? Uh, I, I would say around 80. That's what I, I counted. Yeah. And the major properties are like Gervais Chambertin and Hello. the the where we have the most. Of our vineyards, first That's is the question. Cochalonese in Mercure. Mercure, we have uh, uh, we have roughly 50 hectares. Then Gevray Chambertin, where we have nearly 25 hectares. Uh, Nuit Saint Georges, we are quite strong there. Um, Those are the top. Yep. And then and, and and then we have uh, we, we we have small plots spread all uh, all over the all all over Burgundy. We have small plots in Chambol, in Clougeau. In Puligny Montrachet, uh, etc., etc. Is acquisition something you always have your eye on in Burgundy? If a piece, Alors, piece of property, not everyone can afford to acquire, but if you have the resources and you know something. That's the thing, you know. Uh, now, I, I'm not looking to, to to expand because I'm very happy the way I am, uh, and, and also as you said, uh, price can be. Extra, uh, the, the prices for the top top top, top wines and it's blown up finally. Yeah. And, and, and 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 to be honest, if I if I, if I grow, I would uh, uh, if I if I if I buy a vineyard today, considering the size we have and what we have, it would be only something exceptional, and and f exceptional right. things something are, you can't pass or of 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 are so expensive, right. Um, and the nice thing, I mean, we talked about Burgundy being pricey, mm -hmm. not available. You make so many wines. I mean, you see them. They're, they're available at, you know, better wine stores. They're on every restaurant list. There's every level. Don't, aren't you one of the largest holders of Grand Cru vineyards? Uh, no, 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 no. But we were talking about Romane Conti. No, Romane Conti, they have 25 Grand Cru's. Not only Romani Conti, Romani Conti is just uh, 1.5 out of the 25. Uh, we, in terms of Grand Cru, we have uh, little more than 12 hectares, which is which is which is very sizable. Right. Uh, okay. but, but, but yeah, yeah it's, a, it's it's quite sizable. Right. Erwin, um, we have to wrap up. Uh -huh. I told you it would go fast. Um, I want to thank Erwin Favely from Domain Favely. Um, in a good way for Burgundy the wines are somewhat ubiquitous mm. you know you can go to a restaurant and see them on the list like I said you can go to a good store um, you talked about 80 different wines so there's certainly you know a variety of sites and prices and all mm -hmm. of that and that's a nice thing um, 
just quickly, why do you come down to the uh, wine festival? Have you been here before? That's my third edition, and uh, because it's fun, because I think the uh, it's it's uh, one, all the profits goes to charity, right? And that's uh, that. This is very unique. This is your very chance unique. to give back. It's yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's. Uh, You have the Florida Sun, the charity. <laughs> can't the, complain the, about that. A, a, a nice, a nice atmosphere. Like can't complain. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Erwin. Thank you. Thank I'm you, glad Sam. you're down here. Thank um, you, Sam. It was very enlightening. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to the Grape Nation on Heritage Radio. We bring wine to the people. The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.